So in our last two episodes, we've been talking about the personal injury car accident process from start to finish, and we're about halfway through what you would consider the process as far as items off your checklist. So you've been in the accident, you've gotten out of your car, you've taken a record of what's happened, you've received medical treatment for your injuries, you've uh, written down what's happened, you've gotten your car repaired probably, you've received all the medical treatment you're going to receive, you've contacted an attorney, and you've talked about what the payment arrangements with that attorney are going to be, and you've discussed potential settlement of the case. And we've gotten to the point for our hypothetical situation where you haven't been able to settle the case. What can you file a lawsuit for? In this hypothetical situation we're walking through, we've gotten to the point where you have to file a lawsuit. And the question being, what can you file it for? What you're going to file the lawsuit for is your personal damage, the damages to yourself, your injuries, your, which means your medical bills, your pain and suffering that you've experienced, your lost wages if you've missed work, and if you haven't settled your property claim, which you can settle your property claim and your personal injury claim separately, you might be suing for the uh, damage to your vehicle as well. What are the common everyday things someone can get sued for? Okay, so besides a suing for a car accident or your injuries related to the accident, there are many different things that lawsuits get filed for on a daily basis. Probably the most common things that people get sued for are things like getting evicted from their rental house if they haven't paid their rent or for credit card debt, or for loans, or something like that. Now, car accidents are very common. They are something that people get sued for all the time. And when they sue people uh, related to a, a car accident, we've been talking some about insurance companies and whether they are the people you sue. Actually, you're going to be suing the person who hit you in that car accident. And this person may be a very nice person, but... The mechanically, the way it works is is you sue that person who hit you and the insurance company that they have or th that they have coverage through is the one who pays for them to be represented by an attorney. So when you sue someone, you say, well, I, this person, I like them. I don't, you know, I hit Matthew with my car. And you think, well, I don't really want Jed to have to pay anything out of his pocket. He's poor, but he has insurance. And that insurance company will provide the coverage and potential payment of any result from a trial to Matthew for his injuries from that accident. Sorry. Uh, what's the main process for going through a lawsuit? Okay. So when you're filing a lawsuit, the first thing that you have to do is go and file. You're, you're thinking about, okay, I'm going to actually sue someone. I'm really doing this. And that sounds kind of weird because people are, they have a sense of pride of, I've never sued someone. I'm not that way. We hear all these terrible things in America about people who are sue happy and they just sue everybody. And we hear these crazy McDonald's hot cup of coffee cases. Well, suing someone is sometimes what you have to do to get compensation for your injuries. And all it's not a complicated process. All you do is you draft up what is called a complaint. This is a simple three or four page document typically that lays out the facts of what happened and 
the fact that you're wanting compensation for the injuries you have received. So what you do is you take that complaint, which is a three or four page document, and take three copies down to the courthouse. And you go down in Knox County, that would be in the city county building, and you say, I've got a complaint here to file. And you usually have to pay a couple hundred dollars to file it. And you get one copy stamped for you. You get one copy stamped that goes in the court's file. And then you get one copy that will go to the defendant. So they have notice that they are being sued. They just don't, they don't know magically when you file the lawsuit that they're being sued. They have to go and be served with a copy of the complaint. So how, do, how does someone get served with a copy of a complaint? Uh, usually the county that you are located in will provide for 20 or $30. The sheriff's office will go and try to serve the defendant with a copy. That works well sometimes, and sometimes the sheriff's office, they usually don't go the extra mile to find somebody at their office or track them down. You can hire for more money a private process server who their job is actually to serve people. That's all they do. And they'll usually put try to track someone down at their office or you know if they're out around town, they may try to find them somewhere and actually serve them with a copy of the complaint. Until that defendant is served with that, you can't go forward with your lawsuit because the defendant doesn't have any actual knowledge that they have been sued at that point. What if two, what if two people are suing each other at the same time? Okay. So say I sue you for you hitting me uh, in your vehicle. And then you say, actually, uh, Jed, that accident wasn't my fault. It was your fault. So say I file a lawsuit against you and you are served with that and you're very upset about this and you say i wasn't going to do anything but that accident was actually your fault it wasn't my fault you would file what is called a counter complaint so i filed a complaint against you and you would then file a counter complaint saying that i'm the one responsible for it so then we have uh, cases actually that are going at the same time and we are both seeking money from the other person in that lawsuit. So is it a surprise to most when they get served? I would say that most people aren't accustomed to being sued. So typically they are, there is some level of surprise. Now, if someone's been involved in a car accident, they're probably thinking, okay, I may get sued at some point, but I've sued people before and they called my office absolutely irate saying, I had no knowledge of this. Why didn't you tell me we could try to work something out? Why have you sued me? So some people are very surprised when they get sued. Um, so what is the difference between a plaintiff and a defendant? Okay, that is an excellent question. Uh, plaintiff is a word, is just a legal word for the person who is doing the suing, who is suing someone. And the defendant is the person who is being sued. So say you know i you hit my car i and i sue you i am the plaintiff and you are the defendant now matthew's question previously was what if people sue each other at the same time if you decide to sue me back you would not you would be a, called the defendant as well as the counter plaintiff and i would be the plaintiff and the counter defendant so there's a lot of terms that can get thrown around there, and it can get confusing fairly quickly. 
Uh, but remember, plaintiff is the person doing the suing. So what's your best advice for someone who's filing a lawsuit? All right. So when someone files a lawsuit, I, I tell them that, okay, remember, this is going to be a long process and to try to temper their expectations. You think of people who you hear about in the newspaper because it's exciting to hear about people who have gotten million dollar verdicts. That is not normally the case. If you're in a car accident, you are not going to typically get rich off the accident. Now, you may get a little bit of money, but you're probably not going to be able to retire. So say you sue somebody and the defendant has gotten a copy of the lawsuit and they say, well, what do I do with this? What they do is they take that typically to their insurance agent who then gives it to one of the attorneys who represents them. So say someone has State Farm. Well, State Farm will have attorneys who typically represent them on a regular basis, send them a copy of the lawsuit, and then that individual who uh, say you hit my car, you are now represented by an attorney and that attorney is being paid for by State Farm. Even though they represent you, they are not paid for by you. They are paid for by State Farm. So that that's something that insurance would cover. Now, if this was if you didn't have insurance, you may have to go hire your own attorney to represent you. And so when you, that attorney represents you now, they are going to be responsible for your defense. And the first thing they will do is they will file an answer what is called an answer to the complaint. And normally that document will pre- will typically deny all the allegations in the complaint and simply say, we didn't do that, or if we did, we don't agree that you're owed as much money as you say you are owed. Whether they are or not, that is just typically what happens. So we've been talking, you're just talking about basically the discovery process. So what exactly happens during that? What are some things that you need to ask. Okay. So an answer is the first response of the defendant. When the defendant files an answer, they will typically file what is called interrogatories or request for production. And these are the documents that are typically called quote unquote discovery documents. They're designed to discover what the plaintiff is going to say, what their injuries are, how they are going to build their case. The court systems these days is designed to say, essentially, Sarah, if you and I were playing poker, the court system and and the legislature say, okay, in order to reduce the number of trials going on, you all have your cards in your hand, and we want everybody to lay their cards on the table and say, oh, well, you've got a full house over there. Or all you have is a pair of twos. So people will act accordingly to the information they find out about the other person's story. And they will act on that. So you send me some questions called interrogatories. And you say, Tell, you, say you have back injuries. Send me your list of back doctors for the last 10 years and all your medical records. Well, then all of a sudden you find out that I've been going to a back doctor once a month and a chiropractor for the last six or seven years. All of a sudden you're thinking, your back might have been hurt before you were in this car accident. And that's something that you are allowed to do. I'm not allowed to hide that from you. I have to tell you that if you ask me it. So that is something that you would discover through those documents. Or if you were to ask me, 
okay, um, how much work did you miss? And I said, well, I actually went back to work the next day. He's like, oh, you went back to work the next day and you chop wood for a living. Obviously, you weren't that hurt or you wouldn't have been able to do it. Those are some things that you would ask in the discovery process that I'm required to answer truthfully that would help you decide, okay, well, he's either lying or he's telling the truth and the insurance company should pay him a lot of money or it should pay him not very much money at all. So do the attorneys have to share every, like all the information that they get with each other? The answer is yes, if it is asked. If your attorney doesn't ask my attorney a question, they don't have to answer it. But every question that they ask has to be answered. So what if an accident or um, you're filing a lawsuit that happened in a different state or even in a different country? So if we have an accident that is in a different state, the lawsuit needs to be filed either where the accident happened where the defendant lived, or where the plaintiff lives. If it happened in another country, typically it would need to, uh, the suit would need to get filed in the country where the accident happened. And, And I don't have a ton of experience with international law, so I may not be the best person to tell you. Hopefully you will not get in any accidents (laughs) in a different country. Or if you do, we'll we'll find a person to get you to who can help you out. (laughs) So can you explain basically what happens in that? Sure. So a deposition is essentially just a person giving their testimony and answering questions from the other attorney while under oath. This would typically happen at a uh, another or some attorney's office in a conference room, and you'll be answering various questions about the lawsuit. Oh, uh, can a de- can a deposition help a trial? Absolutely, can help a trial, and it's probably the most important process or part of the discovery process. This is when the only time, other than at trial you will actually get to talk to the other attorney and tell them your side of the story. You're going to tell them what happened in the accident. You're going to tell them about your life before the accident, your injuries after the accident, the medical treatment you received, and the things you can or can't do anymore after the accident. I've had many clients who said, I used to be into hiking. I used to go on trips. Now I don't do any of those things because my injuries were so significant from the accident. And they use that to build their case in preparation for the trial. What kind of questions do the attorneys ask in a deposition? I have seen attorneys ask all kinds of questions, everything under the sun. They're allowed to ask about pretty much everything anything they want to so they may say okay so we see you've got a back injury here and uh, we see that they will find them on Facebook and say you were water skiing last week did that hurt your back how were you able to do that with a back injury how many times have you gone to the back doctor before this Um, I see that you went to work two days after the accident so it must not have been hurting you that bad or if the case is good Uh, and the person has very real injuries, they say, well, you missed work for a long period of time. What did you do during that time period? All you did was sit on the couch, so you were clearly hurt. This is a huge determinant in how the case gets settled 
and how the attorneys prepare for the trial because they know how strong or how weak the other person's case is and helps them determine whether to settle the case or not before an actual trial. So is it a good idea to have record of everything that's happened since your accident? Absolutely, Sarah. And that's a a great um, reminder of what we said before is the more you have written down and records you make, when they're asking you questions under oath, you've probably given this statement a year ago, probably, about how the accident occurred. And if you don't remember, your testimony may be different on this occasion, totally by accident, just because you don't remember and they will hammer you to death with it and hold you, hold that against you if you have any variance in your story at all. Well, this has been In Session with Jed McKeon. Now we've talked about filing complaints to depositions. Next week, we'll be talking about mediation and then on to the trial process.